0: Podcast. It is Tuesday, June first. 2021 people hope everybody had a great memorial day weekend hope all of you were able to get away relax spend time with family it was great going on people's social media feeds seeing everybody out back to normal it has continued to be great to see fans in the stands so happy memorial day weekend of course to any military personnel that may be listening thank you for all that you have done for us Uh, always important to remember why we celebrate memorial day weekend so i hope everybody had a a great holiday weekend. Oh, by the way, Happy birthday to the number one fan of the Aaron Torres Podcast, my mom. Happy birthday. She listens to every episode. Her birthday here on Tuesday, June 1st. So happy birthday, mom. Let's get into it. Great weekend and kind of an interesting weekend just from a couple different perspectives. Not a ton in the college sports world. Uh, So I do want to lead with what some might say is an NBA topic, and and I don't consider it an NBA topic. It is basically this increasingly hostile relationship between fans uh, and players it's something we talk about in college football, certainly in college basketball, with court storming, all that kind of stuff. And so I do want to get into kind of what is going on, why I think it is It is an ever-evolving topic, an interesting topic, but also one that I don't think necessarily is being completely covered fairly by everybody. One thing you could say about me, you can love me, you can hate me, whatever. I am always going to say what I truly believe, and I don't believe that this topic is necessarily being covered completely fairly uh, by everybody in the media. From there, we'll take a quick commercial break, get to one of our sponsors, and then on the back end, we will do a little where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. Where basically I'm going to hit on a bunch of different topics that happened throughout the weekend. Uh, One, you know, something to do with some fans being back in the stands, what it means. Uh, Our buddy McCour Maker, I don't know if you remember him, he was going to change college basketball. He declared for the draft. Trey Young, on and on and on and on and on. So, so much good stuff, so much to get into. But let's get into the topic of the day. I think, frankly, in all of sports, and it is a topic that is continuing to evolve, it of course stems from Game 4 Eastern Conference Finals. Kyrie Irving, who has a very very contentious relationship uh, with the fans of Boston, with maybe even, frankly, the media in Boston, with the city of Boston as a whole. He returns to Boston, and basically, as the, the Brooklyn Nets are coming out of the arena, gets a bottle thrown at him, a uh, fan gets arrested, which is a crazy new twist, and all of this stuff. And like I said, I, you know, I, I want to make it clear, I, I'm not going to, in the next couple months, turn this into an NBA podcast. We're not breaking down, you know, Wizards Sixers Game Four or anything like that. But to me, this is a topic that really kind of crosses all kinds of sports. Uh, as I said, college basketball, we talk about it all the time with court stormings, with fans being on 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 the court. Uh, in college football, we know that whenever you go into a hostile Big Ten, SEC, Big 12 environment, that fans are going to go crazy, and there have been incidents in the past where they potentially take it too far. And so let's get into it. As I said, what was it? Sunday night, uh, Kyrie Irving obviously played for a couple years there with the Boston Celtics. It did not work out. He left of his own volition over the last couple days. He has had not nice things to say about the city of Boston. Um, and you know, so, so it gets very hostile after the game, the Nets win and a bottle is thrown from the stands. It nearly hits Kyrie Irving. And again, a crazy twist. This fan actually got arrested by Boston police. The issue, the context, why this probably matters more is because this isn't just a one-off incident, but unfortunately, and weirdly, uh, an increasingly too common thing. It's actually the third time in the last week that something has happened directly with a fan and a player. The Kyrie Irving situation, obviously Russell Westbrook getting popcorn thrown on him. Um, you know, we had the incident with Trey Young getting spit at, which is obviously completely inappropriate. And it's on the heels of a couple of these incidents even before this year in previous years. You know, there was a Kyle Lowry thing in the finals where he gets shoved by a fan. There was another incident with with, with Russell Westbrook, somebody saying something to him from courtside. And so it is clear that not just in the NBA, but in sports in general, um, you know, this is becoming an increasingly bigger topic. And what I would say is it's actually interesting because to me, um, this is a a topic that I have evolved on throughout the years. And the one thing you could say about me, sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. That's why we do why Aaron was right where Aaron was wrong. But sometimes I'm right and sometimes I'm wrong. But what I'm always trying to do is take a look at the facts of every unique situation and kind of base my opinion off of those facts. And sometimes as the facts change, your opinion should change, and my opinion has changed. Because even as recently as three, four, five years ago, I was really kind of the ilk of the belief that, hey, look, this is just part of it. If you're an athlete, um, you know, you, you, like you just got to deal with it. And, and I think it stemmed from maybe a different kind of culture around sports. Like I remember, you know, talking to a, a former SEC assistant football coach. and He told me, dude, when we walked out of LSU one time, they were throwing batteries at us. They were so mad that we went in there and beat their butts. And he took it almost as like this point of pride of, hey, look, You know, we went in there, we proved them wrong. They were so mad that they're just throwing stuff at us, and it was crazy. Um, And so that was kind of always where my stance was on this specific topic, was like, look, it's just part of it, right? You get paid a lot of money to be an athlete. You gotta deal with unruly fans. Do some of them cross the line. We shouldn't use one incident of one fan um, to 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 you know kind of generalize an entire stadium full of football fans if one or, you know full stadium of fans so if one LSU football fan chucks a battery at a a player from a, a team that that doesn't mean that there are eighty eight thousand awful LSU fans in Tiger Stadium it means that there's one jerk being a being a jerk basically and maybe there's ten jerks maybe there's fifty jerks but at the end of the day you take any sample size of of 80,000 football fans or, you know, 20,000, 18,000 basketball fans, you're always going to find a jerk or two in there, just like you'll always find a jerk or two in any segment of 20,000 people in society. And so I'm not excusing it. But for a while, I was just kind of like, you know what, this is all part of the game. But I do think my opinions changed, And I do think my opinion has evolved on this. For a few reasons, one, I do think at some point somebody is going to legitimately get hurt. Uh, there was an incident a few years ago where somebody on the sideline got hit with an actual battery and and you know thankfully, nothing major happened, but there was a big bruise. it was really bad, obviously, everyone was frustrated. And, you know, these these incidents continue to happen. And so, one, I think there there is the reality that at some point somebody is going to get hurt because some idiot is going to throw something, hit somebody in the head, hit somebody in the shoulder, hit somebody in the back, hits whatever. And it's going to actually be a really bad situation. And then, two, like I said, these problems are escalating. And in the NBA in the last week, we have had three separate incidents. A fourth one, if you in, include an allegation by John Morant's father, about what some Utah Jazz fans said. And so I bring it up because it is starting to get out of control. And it's one thing to boo, and it's one thing to say F you. It is another thing to physically throw things at people. It's certainly, I should add, another thing to spit at a human being. It was interesting. I I, I heard this today from a lawyer friend is that um, you know, spitting at someone is actually considered a crime in the state of New York where all that stuff happened. You guys maybe heard that over the course of this weekend, and so that is an a continually evolving thing, but even the throw the stuff from the stands, it is one of those situations where, um, you know, these incidents are happening too much. And so I have evolved, and I'll even take it a step further. I have kind of come around to the idea that maybe people who are involved in incidents like this should face serious consequences, consequences, including arrest. Do I want it? Do I wish it didn't have to go this far? Do I hope that a 21-year-old kid's life is ruined? Of course I don't. That's not what I want. And I will say that in real time, it did feel a little bit dramatic, the idea of seeing him walk out of the arena in handcuffs. But again, for the millionth time, the combination of seeing all these other Fans get away with this stuff, and the fact that maybe the only way to deter people from actually doing this is something like criminal charges. I've even come around to that idea. I don't want it. I don't like it. I hope it doesn't happen. But if this is the only way that we can stop these incidents from happening, then maybe I'm okay with having to deal with the consequences of your actions. At the same time, though, I do kind of want to transition the conversation to something else, because as I always tell you, two things can be true at the exact same time in a story, uh, you know, something big, a big topic like this. And I, I do feel like sometimes two things can be true. And in this case, I have to ask something in this incident. Was the kid a total idiot? Yes. Should he maybe be held responsible with criminal charges? I don't have a problem with it. But don't we also have to spend just a tiny bit of time acknowledging that Kyrie Irving did not help this situation at all? To be clear, I'm not victim blaming. I'm not saying he's a terrible human being. I'm not saying that it's okay to throw objects at guys on the court. But I do find it interesting that this just feels like another one of these stories where the media is not asking a single tough question Kyrie Irving said some very delicate things that that escalated the situation he stomped on the court and I just want to know like like, is anyone going to just admit that maybe Kyrie Irving did have a tiny little bit to do with the situation that he found himself in on Sunday night and again It's not an excuse. It's not uh, absolving the behavior of the kid, and it's certainly not victim-blaming, but just think about it. And and, and as a backstory, I think most everybody knows, but there's really kind of three things that have led to the climate that we were in on Sunday night in Boston. The first one, look, Kyrie Irving just left the Celtics. He came. It didn't go well. He left. He said some not nice things out on the door. And so that's going to happen. It happens in every sport with every player. It's going on with Aaron Rodgers right now. With the Packers, it's going on, it goes on with college football coaches, college basketball coaches. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes you say things on the way out. I don't blame Kyrie Irving for that. That's just part of being in sports. But did you hear what he said last week? Did you hear what he said when he was asked about going back back to Boston, playing in whatever it is, the TD Ameritrade Garden or whatever, and dealing with the fans of Boston. Because I think this, to me, is important, and it needs to be talked about, and it needs to be addressed, and I don't hear anybody else in the media addressing it at all. Here is what Kyrie Irving said on his way out of, or on his way out of Game 2 at a press conference when asked about a return to Boston. So I'm just looking forward to competing with my teammates and hopefully we can keep it strictly basketball. There's no belliger- belligerence, there's no racism going on, subtle racism and people yelling S-H-I-T from the crowd. But even if it is, it's part of the nature of the game and we're just going to focus on what we can control. Factor that in with the, the fact that he stomped on the court and like, can, can we just admit that Kyrie Irving elevated the situation. First of all, the whole racism thing, and you guys know I don't like talking about these things. I don't like talking about these topics, but when such a dangerous and serious accusation is being thrown at the entire city of Boston, the entire Celtics fan base, like that is worth digging into deeper. Uh, A couple things. One, I of course know the background with with everything that's gone on in Boston through the years, there was a Bill Russell situation many years ago, an Adam Jones situation in baseball, and I'm not saying that the situation in Boston is perfect. I'm not saying it's perfect anywhere. What I would also say is I know for a fact because I've been to Boston, I've spent so much time in Boston, that there are a lot of people that are disgusted by that label, disgusted by that behavior, and so if Kyrie Irving is going to insult an entire fan base city community, I don't know how people aren't going to get mad. I don't know how things aren't going to escalate. And you add a little, you know, whatever, uh, a couple drinks to the conversation, whatever, a guy's young, he's good, whatever. I'm not excusing the behavior, but didn't Kyrie Irving elevate this thing even further? And I'll take it a step beyond that. Maybe Kyrie Irving did actually deal with racism in his defense. Like maybe he dealt with racism, but isn't it his responsibility if he is going to go to the podium, if he's going to say all these terrible things about the people of Boston knowing that he is heading there in three days to play a game, doesn't he owe it all to us if something did happen to tell us what happened? Doesn't he owe it to us to give us at least some details the who, what, when, where a why so that it can potentially be addressed so that it potentially gets resolved so that potentially we don't deal with these problems in the future? Is that like unreasonable to ask because to me I don't think it is unreasonable to to to, to ask that question uh, in an incident where you are labeling and generalizing an entire group of people and by by the way, this goes across sports, across society, whatever. If I, you know, you know, if I said all SEC fans are dumb, right? Like, because that is a common narrative. All SEC football fans, well, they don't know, uh, you know, they're not very smart. Well, don't I owe it to explain, somebody, explain that to somebody? Because I'll tell you this right now. We got a ton of people in SEC country that listen to this show. I, I talk to you guys. I communicate with you guys. Uh, we share emails. You guys are smart as heck. And if I was going to go somewhere and label everybody in a certain way, I would expect that there were consequences and reactions to come with that, especially if I could not explain away why I said what I said. And to take it a step further. Again, one, maybe Kyrie did deal with an incident. Maybe It was really bad, and maybe he needs to talk about it because it'll be good for everybody. But I also will say, like, some of this is, you know who else it's on? It's on the media, too, because I can tell you this. For people who don't know my background, I'm actually one of the few people left in media that did go to school for journalism, am not afraid to ask the tough questions. And if, by the way, somebody in a press conference said something, you know what the first thing I would do? I would raise my hand and say, uh, Mr. Irving. Can you please explain that, that subtle racism comment further? I mean, I know that Boston has a history that a lot of people aren't proud of. Did you deal with anything personally? Because that is a very serious situation to ask, a very serious situation to label a group of people. And so from my perspective, I think some of it is on Kyrie for not explaining himself further if he is going to make this action. I don't think it helped that he stepped on the logo. And I would also say some of this is on the media, too. Ask the tough question. Let us explain what's going on because if there's a problem, we want to fix it. And it's really funny. It's not funny, but it's ironic. Uh, you know, I saw Danny uh, Danny Ainge, the Boston Celtics general manager, came under a lot of heat for this comment. But basically, Danny Ainge was asked about Kyrie Irving's comments. Danny Ainge played for the Boston Celtics. Uh, is of course, is of course. Um, you know, in the front office of the Boston Celtics, and he basically went on radio and defended the city. He said what I said and asked the tough questions. Uh, he said on radio, he said, I think these are very, these are kind of things that are serious. I have never heard any of that from any player that I've ever played with in 26 years of Boston. I never heard that from Kyrie and I talked about him quite a bit. And I know Danny Ainge got some heat and I know that there is a history in Boston that we have to acknowledge, but Danny Ainge is just saying the same thing that I am. If something happened, we need to know and we need to fix it. So I don't mean to belabor the point, but I just thought it was very interesting that not a single person had the thought that, you know what, Kyrie you shouldn't have had a bottle thrown at you. None of these players deserve to deal with what they're dealing with, have, uh, you know, objects thrown at them, nothing like that. But at the same time, you know, it didn't help what he said. It didn't help in the lead up to the game. And I think all of it played into a stupid situation, unfortunate situation. And we'll see what happens next because, uh, you know, criminal charges were pressed for people who, uh, you know, for people who. Did not see the story on Monday if you were traveling or if you just weren't in front of a computer or TV. But criminal charges were in fact pressed. Uh, and we will see what happens going forward. You know, some of my legal buddies said, uh, you know, a felony seems a a little bit extreme, not because the kid was right, but because under the actual law, it's probably going to be hard to charge him with a felony, but could there be a misdemeanor? Could there be something? Absolutely. But it'll be fascinating to see what, what happens going forward. But, but, you know, I think again, two things in life, two things in any situation can be true. It was stupid. It was unacceptable. Stop throwing stuff on the court. Stop throwing stuff at the field. Uh, and I have changed my opinion on that over the last two or three years. But I would also say like 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 you know, there was some other stuff that casually got ignored uh throughout of course, you know, everything um you know, everything that that that, that led up into that game and that incident. All right. Whew. That was a, a, a serious topic, but I thought it was an important topic. And, and again, to me, it isn't really something. It's not an NBA topic. And I, and I hope you guys understand. And I know you do, but I'll say it for the third and final time. This is not going to turn into an NBA podcast here in the next two months. At the same time, though, this is kind of a topic that, that, that ranges across sports. We've seen it in the NFL. We certainly see it in college football. We certainly see it in college basketball with court storming. And so I do hope it comes to an end. But as always, sometimes there are more complicated conversations to be had that maybe aren't necessarily being had all right that's it promised topic over serious topic but let's get to a more fun topic we're gonna go play where Aaron was right where Aaron was wrong I'm gonna make fun of myself for a little bit for, for a lot of bit of stuff because I have messed up some stuff here over the last couple weeks and months as a sports fan we will play where Aaron was right where Aaron was wrong but before let's take a quick break Before we get to where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong, I want to welcome back our newest sponsor, Prize Picks and PrizePicks.com. The NBA playoffs have started, and there is no better way to enjoy watching your favorite former college basketball stars than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks, again, daily fantasy. You go in. Download the app, pick your favorite player, pick a stat. Are they going over the point total, under the point total? That's all you gotta do. It's great, it's simple. I've been using it almost every day since the NBA playoffs and I'm having a blast. Worth mentioning, by the way. Uh, My two plays for Sunday, I guess it's Monday, no big deal. Donovan Mitchell, over two and a half three-pointers. He is a star, love watching him play. John Morant is a superstar, over 25 and a half points. Those are my two plays for Monday night's games on the Prize Picks app. Donovan Mitchell over two and a half threes. John Morant over 25 and a half points. But in addition to playing the game itself, the best part is the way that the Prize Picks app's win structure is set up. Prize Picks gives you a chance to win 10 times your money for getting four of five predictions correct. And with the NBA playoffs underway, they have a new playoff jackpot, the 10K Daily Flex Play. The game is simple. You log in, you make five picks, and if you hit all five, you win $10,000. But the only way you can win that 10K is by signing up for a new account, prizepix.com or the Prizepicks app, and make sure when you do it, you use promo code Taurus. You get an instant 100% bonus of up to $100. So here's the deal. Go to Prizepicks, Prizepicks app, download it, use promo code Taurus. Here's Here's how easy it is. You put in hundred dollars, they they match your one hundred dollars. Then you're automatically entered to win ten k if you go five for five on all your picks. Don't forget that is the Prize Picks app or PrizePicks.com. Use code TORRES to claim your bonus today. They'll match up to hundred dollars. You're automatically entered to win ten k for your first bet if you go five for five. PrizePicks.app, Prize PrizePicks app, PrizePicks.com. Promo code TORRES. A lot of p's in there. Prize Picks app, prizepicks.com, promo code Torres, all those great offers. And now let's get to where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. All right, everybody, uh, I am back. And again, big thank you to our newest sponsor, one of my favorite sponsors, Prize Picks and the Prize Picks app, as I said to you a minute ago. I love this app. I I really am using it a lot. It is very user friendly, very easy to use, and it's just a great, fun way to stay engaged with the NBA playoffs. I know some of you guys and girls aren't diehard NBA fans, but it gives you a chance to have a rooting interest in a game, in a player, in a series. I should mention, by the way, they also have Major League Baseball on the app. They have NFL in the fall, so if you just like playing daily fantasy, this is a great app. Prize Picks Prize Picks app. Use promo code Torres. They will double your first deposit of up to $100. And again, first time entrant with promo code Taurus, you're automatically entered to win $10,000. If you get all five of your picks right on the first try, you get 10K, doesn't get much better than that. And with that though, let's transition and let's wrap with one of my favorite segments, and that's where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. It was a little bit of a quieter week unless you are a diehard NBA fan, but I think in a lot of ways that works beneficially for us because where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong, I I do this for two reasons, and and I love to play this game. One, it just allows me to get to some topics that I don't I wouldn't normally talk about as much, whether it is some obscure college basketball, college football story, whether it is an NFL story when I don't normally talk the NFL, whatever it is, it's just a great way to kind of hit on some stuff that I wasn't planning on hitting on. It's also, by the way, a great way to keep me in line. Uh, Nobody gets more stuff than I do wrong, and so there's no reason that I can't come on this show and own it when I get stuff wrong. I love where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong, and so let's get into it, and let's start with this where Aaron was right. I told you during March Madness, March Madness and the Masters will be the final sporting events that feel non-normal. What I mean by that is very simply this. If you remember, there was testing every day. Testing was a constant topic. Guys couldn't play. There were barely any fans in the stands. And I said, listen, the vaccine is coming. Everybody's gonna have it within a couple weeks if they want it. And hopefully we are finally beyond this and sports will finally feel normal. Well, I'll tell you this. I was right on that one, and it is so great to see fans back in the stands. And this is one that I'm not even bragging about being right on. It just makes me happy more than anything. The idea of turning on a game and just seeing all of us get back to normal, it was such a tough year for everybody. I know I said it on this show a ton, but everybody dealt with something over the last year, whether it was uh, you know, a situation with a family member, whether it was working from home, whether it was having a deal with your kids, whether it was uh, you know, maybe being away from your family if you worked extra, whatever it was, everybody dealt with something, and so I'm so happy to see people getting to some sense of normalcy. Now, look, fans still got to not go crazy like we talked about in the opening segment, but on the flip side, it is awesome to turn on a game in Phoenix, in New York, in Utah, all these great cities, and just see how excited fans are to be back in the building, to be cheering on their teams, to be high-fiving their friends. It feels like we are finally getting set to return to normal. And with so many of these college baseball stadiums over the last few weeks opening up, Major League Baseball stadiums, and NFL teams making statements about attendance, it feels like I was right. March Madness, the last non-normal sporting event that we're going to have for a while. Where I was wrong, and oh boy was I wrong on this one, I am talking about Trey Young, the Atlanta Hawks guard. So if you're a long time listener to this show, this even dates back to like when Nick Coffey and I uh, were doing shows together. I think it was my first season doing this show was Trey Young's season at Oklahoma. And look, I liked watching him play like everybody, but by the end of the season, the hype was a little bit too out of control, right? If you remember, they were doing Trey Young graphics at the bottom of the screen. If you remember by the end of the season, Oklahoma, Oklahoma was losing, Trey Young was taking 25, 30, 35 shots in a college basketball game, and he could do no wrong, and he kept getting a pass, and I'm like, he's part of the problem, I don't care, and I did wonder how that was going to translate to the NBA. Well, Trey Young, if you're listening, Trey Young's father, who came after me on Twitter one time, if you're listening, I was wrong, because I just didn't believe that Trey Young could reign in his game enough to be in a situation where he became not only a great individual player, but a great teammate, and that is exactly what he has been really over the last half of the NBA season. I don't follow the NBA enough to know if it was the coaching change in the middle of the year, Nate McMillan coming in, whatever it was, but he has been a much more efficient player. His scoring was actually down this year, but his assists were up, his uh, field goal percentage, all of these stats that matter were up except for scoring, and I think it's a testament to he is starting to learn how to play the game, not only for himself, but for others. He has been awesome as I record here on Monday night. The Hawks have a chance to advance to the second round by being the Knicks. Uh, so Trey Young, Trey Young's dead. If you're listening, I'm sorry. I was dead wrong. Where Aaron was right though. Remember our old buddy McCour Maker, and this goes back to last summer. It was a crazy time. There wasn't a ton going on in sports, and for about a week, when McCormaker Maker committed to Howard, um, you know he was the biggest story in sports and to be clear I don't blame the kid I was not rooting against him but it was just this big grandiose story of oh my goodness wait you know every single kid is going to commit to HBCUs and the the whole game has changed watch out Kentucky watch out Kansas and to be abundantly clear I'm not rooting against McCurr-Maker. I'm not rooting against HBCUs. If you play college basketball, I'm going to watch you. But what I said at the time was that it was going to be really hard for McCurr-Maker. You're going to a place where your teammates aren't as talented. You're going to a place where... Um, you know, the, the facilities aren't as good. The training isn't as good. The meals aren't as good. I bring up this story, by the way, to say that McCormaker Maker over the weekend actually did declare for the NBA draft. It looks as though he'll leave his options open. It would be interesting to see if he came back to college, if he would return to Howard, or if he would try to transfer somewhere else. But I bring it up to say, I said it on this show. I'm not rooting against the kid. I'm certainly not rooting against HBCUs. It was a great story, but everybody was making it out like he was gonna go there, average 30 a game, completely dominate, and every HBCU was just gonna be loaded with five stars. That's not how it happened. And unfortunately, it's not how it happened because of exactly what I told you. He only played two games. He got hurt. Their season shut down, which was obviously unfortunate for everybody involved, but it's just really hard. And if you want to go to college, wherever you want to go, you want to go D3, HBCU, that's fine. But there is a reason, historically, that Kentucky, North Carolina, and Duke get all the college basketball players and Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State get the football players because you're going to be better coached uh, you're going to have better facilities the travel is going to be better and all that stuff matters and my only concern is McCormaker who did choose Howard over the likes of UCLA over Kentucky I just hope he didn't put his career at jeopardy because it was a, you know, just a tough situation and, and it's just crazy how quickly this thing went off the rails. And by the way, disappointing in the media that will not acknowledge this after they spent all this time praising him, they need to acknowledge that, you know what, this is a lot harder than people give it credit for. That was where Aaron was right. Here's where Aaron was wrong. The Brooklyn Nets. Okay. Don't talk a ton of NBA on this show, but listen, I'm a fan like everybody else, and I'll be honest, on my Saturday radio show, I was kind of one of the first people to kind of acknowledge, wait a second, the Brooklyn Nets haven't played together all year, and I don't care how talented these guys are individually, um, it's going to be really hard to just turn it on in the playoffs, and I, I, I was frankly one of the first people to even bring up the Clippers analogy of what happened with the Clippers in the bubble last year. But I'm wrong on this one because I was watching the game on Sunday and outside of the bottle incident and everything like that. My goodness are these guys gifted. I just looked at that box score Kevin Durant, 42 points, Kyrie Irving, 39 points, James Harden, a guy that only had 23 points, but oh, by the way, 18 assists. And now I look at the NBA right now and I say, who is stopping this? By the way, not even who is stopping this team, but what makes them so dangerous is they have three different guys that at any point can just completely take over a game and put the entire organization on his back. I mean, it's incredible that Durant had 42, but there were times where Kyrie was the guy that they had no answer for there was there were times that James Harden was just blowing by his defender hitting an open man and it's like how do you stop these guys and so I think we all spent an inordinate crazy amount of time talking about this idea of oh you know what's gonna happen when they have to play together it's just not gonna work da 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 and then you'll know, watch them on Sunday and I'm telling you they are about as dynamic of a team as I can ever remember and oh by the way Oh, by the way, in a situation where Anthony Davis is hurt all the time, where LeBron James is obviously getting a little bit older, where the Clippers are kind of in a weird spot, where maybe Philly, Utah, Phoenix are still on the way up, I think the Nets are once again the favorite to win the championship. Final one, where Aaron was right. Uh, Remember in the lead-up to the NBA draft when everybody was freaking out because Mac Jones might go number three overall to the San Francisco 49ers. Remember, everyone was like, oh my goodness, this is the worst thing ever. How could you possibly do it? Well, I told you the opposite. I said, I don't know if it'll work. I'll be honest, Mac Jones, to me, I would much rather have Justin Fields and Mac Jones, but this idea that Mac Jones can't possibly, can't possibly, 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 possibly be a half-decent NFL quarterback, I said it absolutely makes no sense. And the reason it makes no sense is because there was this notion that, oh, by the way, anybody could do what he did at Alabama. Anybody could do what he did when you have Jalen Waddell and Devonta Smith and you have Najee Harris in the backfield. And I said, well, wait a second now one, Jalen Waddle got hurt and it was basically those three, one key wide receiver and Mac Jones kind of pulling the strings. But two, I said, if anyone could do it, then why did Mac Jones literally put up stats that no quarterback has ever put up? And so why do I bring it up? It's because the first reports are out from Patriots training camp. And oh, guess what? Mac jo- here's, the, here's the headline on ESPN.com. New England Patriots rookie Mac Jones impressing coaches, teammates at OTA workouts. Here is what receiver Kendrick Burns said. He has a swag to him that I didn't know he had at first. He's out there confident, and that is what you need in a quarterback. Good energy, awesome guy, comes to work, and you just can feel his energy, leadership, enthusiasm. So again, I know when he steps out on the field week one, if he is the starter over Cam Newton, it doesn't guarantee he's Don Brady 2.0. It doesn't guarantee he's leading the Patriots to Super Bowls. But I just never understood this notion that Mac Jones couldn't possibly work at the NFL level after what was statistically one of the best seasons in the history of college football ever by a quarterback. Never thought he got enough credit. That is where Aaron was right, so I was right on Mac Jones, on fans in the stands, and on McCormaker, but man oh man did I whiff on Trey Young, and man oh man oh man did I whiff on the Brooklyn Nets. All right, I think that is it for this episode of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, and I should mention, by the way, I didn't mention this off the top, I want to thank you guys for the support. I mean, the, the support that we are having in you know, months that are not traditional sports months, especially for what we do, is astronomical. Uh last month, which was May, the most downloads ever in terms of total number of downloads per episode. You guys, y'all love what I'm doing. I appreciate it. Obviously we talked about a lot of stuff, whether it was the transfer portal stuff, whether it was updated top twenty-fives, but you guys loved it and I cannot thank you enough for your support. So just want to quickly mention that as well before we get out of here. But That is all for today's show, and today, listen... Today might be kind of a signal of what these next few shows kind of look like. It's gonna be a little bit of a hodgepodge as we kind of get through June into July. We start turning to college football. Obviously, any big college basketball stories that come out, there still will be NBA draft stuff, transfers. So I don't think the transfer stuff is done, but we will continue to kind of hit on whatever the big topics are. But this is also a fun kind of year. This is a fun time of year where I can do different kinds of things, where I can have different kinds of guests. So if you have any topics that you want me To talk about. If you have any guests that you want me to have, whatever it may be, uh, just let me know. Hit me at Aaron Torres Podcast Questions. Let me know what you think. Shoot me a DM on Twitter. Basically, just tell me what you're thinking in terms of what this show is, can be, and should be. But again, get a lot of good guests. Maybe some non-sports guests will talk some fun topics and then we will start to gear up because college football, believe it or not, is getting really, really close. But again, I want to thank you guys for listening to today's Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. If you're not already subscribed, please make sure to do so. iTunes, the Podcast Addict app. Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn Radio. Wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you are subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Been a few issues with iTunes, been a few issues with the Podcast Addict app. We are working with them to get that fixed. Uh, but yeah, make sure you're subscribed, rate, and review. Uh, go ahead and find me on Instagram at Aaron Torres pod on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. Of course, the YouTube channel continues to do amazing numbers. So thank you for you guys that do listen to the show. Sometimes you'll catch a segment or two on the YouTube channel. So thank you for that. But that is all for today's show. Shout out to Torrent Craig. Shout out to Rachel Hapes, my voice. Happy birthday, mom. And I will be back later this.